You're listening to episode 56 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. If you're a book lover who may be interested in joining our online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For July 2015, we're discussing The Ninth Girl by Tammy Hogue. So hi, I am Millennia in Florida. I'm Roberta in Georgia. And we are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club here to talk about our July 2015 Cove pick, number 176. And it is The Ninth Girl by Tammy Hogue. And it was chosen by Cove member Mary way over in Scotland. And what did we think about The Ninth Girl? I have to say right off the bat that I really enjoyed this book. I, I liked it a lot, too. I really did. You got to see things from different perspectives, and you could see the background about uh, what was happening. I mean, a lot of us like to watch, you know, crime and cop shows, but it seemed like the police officers, the detectives in this thing even seemed a little bit more down-to-earth and more authentic because in a book, of course, you can say more things than you could on TV, mm-hmm. and you could see how they... Uh, felt about the different things going on, not just this uh, serial killer, but also the how things affected their personal lives and, and what they had to deal with also. Yes, and I, I suspect, or I think, that's exactly why I was pulled into it. Because the way I usually read these police procedurals is I just get the basic mystery And then I'm completely bored with the investigation and I can just skim right to the end to find out what the whodunit is. Right. Because police investigations usually are just the same old procedures and they're boring and they're kind of old hat, you know. But I think because these uh, detectives, um, Sam Kovac and Nikki Liska, they were so well developed and well written that I was interested in how they were going through their investigation. So kind of like the investigation is secondary to your identify or your caring about the characters. Right. That's how that's how it got me. So I, I was like, wow, I'm not even you know, I want to know who did it. But I am not interested in skipping to the end to find out because, you know, I want to go through this with them. Yeah, the author really uh, made you feel a a true sense of connection to these characters and, you know, what made them tick. And you could they felt like they're exhausted. Well, you could feel exhausted with them because you knew when they were going through all this with uh, little time to uh, sleep or eat properly or even in the case of um, the female detective of her being able to have time with her children as she wanted to do. Right. Aside from the characters, the plot was very, it was a quality police procedural. And I think it was well written and well plotted and the pacing was was almost perfect. And I only had one fault <laughs> with it. I feel like, I don't know what you thought. Well, let's, before we go to my criticism, what did you think about who did it? The, the basic plot was, anybody listening should know already because spoiler but it's you know this teenage girl falls out of the trunk of the car in the beginning and she looks like a zombie she's been horribly mutilated and disfigured Kovac and Liska come on the scene to try to figure out who what happened who she is what happened to her 
What, who did you think as they were doing this investigation? What were your thoughts? I thought it could be this serial killer because they said that uh, he struck around the holiday time. Mm-hmm. And this was New Year's Eve, so right. that made perfect sense. And mm-hmm. then at first it was you know so hard for them to even uh, make an identification because of her uh, face being horribly uh, mutilated. And, right. and no one had like filed a missing person's report or anything so it was just very strange it seemed like it had been somebody grabbed by this the serial killer that could fit in with it right but then you know eventually you learn it's not it's, it's, it's not even, it's more horrible than you even thought it was going to be yeah and i you know she was already disfigured when she popped out of the trunk and then the limo further bashed her head Right. I kind of never really thought it was connected to the Doc Holiday because I think from the beginning when they were saying, oh, all the, the differences, like he's never stabbed so shallowly, you know, this is shallow knife wounds and it's it's just different. And maybe he's changing his game. That's usually when serial killers get caught when they make a change. And but I kind of never really I thought, no, this is somebody else. And then as they start through the investigation and they go to her house and they talking to the mother. Now, her mom, why I thought this was so well written was because I kept vacillating. You know, I think just as the the plot wanted you to, you're like, hmm, all these suspicious things with the mother. Why is she injured? It's so coincidental that she's got these injuries. Her arm's in a sling. Her She has a bruise on her face. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's consistent with some kind of altercation. She claims she fell, which is the lamest excuse when somebody's injured. Oh, I fell. You know? <laughs> they can't totally discount it because it is, you know, winter time and it's... Yeah, but still, still it's kind of coincidental. Still, does that mean that because you at first you think, oh, well, you know, maybe this new, you know, boyfriend or fiance of hers beating you know, her up, beat her up because that's not uncommon, unfortunately. Right. In the context of what happened to the daughter. And then you're thinking, but why would she be so horribly disfigured? So then you 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 move away from the mother. You're thinking, I believed her, so the cops believe her. But then as it progressed, I thought maybe this woman is just a really good actress. Yeah, because especially I started to think that when she flipped out on Nikki, on Liska Uh and 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 drew blood on her face when she, you know, hit her in the face with her cast. I really just thought, okay, no, this it's her. It's her from that point. And then they still made me backpedal off that because it was like, no, why would she? No, she wouldn't have poured acid on her face, you know? And then when they found out that the fracture was not from a fall off a bike. Right. Well, I, yeah, I didn't, you know, even from the get go, I, I thought, no, that's not from the fall off of a, a bat bike, you know, that that couldn't happen that way. And it just seemed too convenient that, you know, they could get this uh, orthopedic guy to come help them on a, um, a weekend and everything. It just seemed like they were trying to hush, hush this whole thing up because if she had gone to the regular ER, I'm sure any ER doctor would have, uh, you know, once they took the X-ray would have immediately known this is abuse. This isn't just right. falling off your bike fracture. And, and then the, the gig would have been up. So that's right. why they didn't take her there. That's right. why they went to their family doctor and they feel like the family doctor would believe whatever right. they said. Right. Yeah, he he more likely not, you know, feel compelled to you know turn them in as, as being abusive. 
I wasn't surprised when Brittany went to her house with the, the bag and she flipped out on her. I wasn't surprised by then yeah. because I, I, you know, kind of was leaning to more towards this mom being a nutcase and just a really good actress. Because I'm going to tell you the scene when she breaks down, realizing that her daughter is dead. Yeah. When they, when they confirmed it with the, the x-rays and everything, the fracture and Liska goes there to tell her, you know, she starts, it starts to dawn on her. I really, that was so well written and yeah. she was so, you know, give her an Academy award. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because that's my criticism right there. Because I felt like as seasoned detectives, I think they should have investigated her a little bit more from the jump. Yeah. That's my only criticism. Like I can't see why they, you know, took her at her word, her and Michael, when they said, oh, we were at a show and then we went to dinner. Why didn't you check that out? Right. More. Well, um, and it could have been hard to do that, especially like I said, with New Year's Eve and everything. But, but yeah, still, I just yeah. feel like they took the the magnifying glass off of her too easily. Right. Yeah. Because maybe they're trying, they were trying to um, think, oh, well, you know, everybody experiences grief differently. So we'll, we'll just pursue some other avenues here so well there was nothing in her behavior i'm not saying her behavior should have set off red flags right i think the 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 red flag was she's injured right that right there to me should have kept the spotlight on the mom yeah and that's why i give it a i, I mean i give this an a but i gave it an a minus <laughs> Because I feel like that right there, I mean, I was like B plus, B plus, but no, I feel like I had an A experience reading it because it kept me, you know, to flipping the pages. Yeah. But I was just like, mm -mm, I, I have to knock you right there because they should, that was prolonging things a bit because they should have, that coincidence with her having these injuries was too much of a coincidence for me. Well, yeah, yeah that was a little bit of a literary uh, device. Yeah. Just some other things that had um, happened, you know, before. Granted, she had a daughter who was more difficult than most teenagers. You yeah. know, t teenagers are tough. But this daughter was just a lot more difficult. That Yes, she wanted to be different and march to her own drummer, but she was sort of off-putting, too, at the same time right. to people. She didn't, people had rejected her, but she didn't make it easy for them to accept her either. Exactly. You know, even more so, even before she got upset with her mom, you know, starting to go out with her ex-therapist. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, because to me, that would be almost a little creepy right there, too. It, at first, you think when some of these things get revealed, you think that the therapist, um, you know, was, was abusing her, you know, that was statutory rape basically. But then you find out that, no, she was really the one, uh, even though it was, you know, wrong, he shouldn't have given in, but she was the one that was seducing him. Mm -hmm. So she could, you know, and like she threw it in her mother's face later that, you know, she'd had the, these relations with him. So yep. it was another way to get back at her, her mother, but her mother, I think it, it wasn't, to me, it didn't feel like it was totally of giving up with a difficult daughter who liked to, you know, run away or do other stuff. It was just, she just had never really formed a, a, a typical maternal bond with this daughter. I didn't 
feel like that well, that wasn't said so much in so many words, but I felt like the the uh, mother always kind of held her daughter at a arm's length. She wasn't real warm and fuzzy with her, even didn't sound like her earlier. And now no, she wasn't that type of person. Yeah, and and she need, and maybe she if she'd had more loving kindness, and then it didn't help either too that. Um, her father had, you know, gone off with a, a Barbie, a younger type uh, woman, and then once he did that, he didn't have time for her. He was more concerned with his his new life than his daughter's, and that's, you know, bad for any girl, especially a teenage girl who's going through enough on her own. So, yeah, and her mother, you can see why she became the way she did because of the way her mother is. Right. You right. know, and the way things escalated that led up to to her mother killing her. Right. Basically. <laughs> wow. I, I just was like, I can't believe that, number one, Brittany had her stuff there. I, w- I was, w- when she made reference to it, that her backpack was there, I thought, oh, my God, she needs to give that to the police. Right. They need to know, you know, that yeah. she left that there. I didn't even know the laptop was in it at that point, but I just thought something might be in it. Right. There's a reason that they're bringing that up. Yeah. And then when she decides she's going to go over there, you know, at night, I was thinking, you know, why is she feeling she has to take it over there in the night? Why can't she wait till tomorrow? Right. You know, <laughs> so I thought, okay, something bad's going to happen. And it ended up that uh, Kyle couldn't go with her. And so that made things even more dangerous. I mean, a person who was a little bit older would have uh, not gone someplace by themselves like that. Exactly. But, you know, that a lot of these kids, when they're younger, they think they're just about indivisible, indivincible or, or immortal or whatever. Though she should have thought differently after that Gray had been killed, whether she knew before she knew who did it. I don't think it would have made any difference whether she went during the day or she went at night because the danger was in with Julia. Right. The danger wasn't outside the house it was, or day or night. It was with Julia. So once she went there and said, oh, she has, you know, her computer and blah, blah, blah. Julia's paranoia was going to be triggered either right. way. And she wouldn't, you know, the same result would have happened whether she went there day or night. It's, yeah, as long as she went by herself, then then it was not going to end not well. Not going to end well, exactly. And man, and then, okay, we have to talk about the, the actual Doc Holiday, Right. Because I thought it was clever how one had nothing to do with the other except that the zombie girl's murder led to Doc Holiday deciding to kidnap this reporter, this right. news anchor. That's really the loose connection between the two. <laughs> right. And then it switched from kind of being focused on Penny to being focused on him and Dana being missing. And then you see how the cops are like having to allocate their resources to say, okay, which one are we going to shift to focus on now? Right. I just thought that was done well. Yes. So, and then, so the, the title where you think at first that Penny's the ninth, ninth girl, she's not Dana's <laughs> she's not. Ninth girl. So that was sort of a, little, a true twist in there. You think, Oh, okay. But Penny was the ninth unidentified body. They well, that's true. The city found. So in a way she was that well, ninth she was girl. Ninth, she was a ninth girl, but she wasn't the ninth girl for uh, Doc Holiday. Doc Holiday. So that, both of them, you're right, because both of them could be the ninth girl, depending on which point of view you were coming from. Yeah. So, but at least Dana survived, though. I wonder if she'll ever be 
able to do anything again because now yeah. she, not only should she you know have a lot of physical wounds but that uh with the her trauma just, yeah. yeah the trauma you know it's going to take a long time for her even just to probably be on her own again or i'd be afraid to be i think i'd find somebody to live with or something yeah yeah because that is your worst nightmare i know and here she took all the precautions they always tell you to do you Mm -hmm. know she had her uh, even though she had to leave early in the morning you know she had her thing parked in a lit area but Mm -hmm. see that was where doc holiday was a little different from your tip typical um serial killer but at least in this case because he didn't just you know surprise her because if he'd if he had just come along and and seen her and saw where she lived and just grabbed her it would have probably worked out differently but because there was that recognition factor there she didn't think that much about it until you know like oops (laughs) and that's why he did that because right. he, he was explaining that. I like that we got his point of view. And, you know, a lot of authors, they do this and it really doesn't serve much purpose. Right. But the time we got in Fitz's head yeah. was, was I think, a great use of page time. And it, oh. it really showed you how he was thinking and that he was really smart and methodical. Because he's eluded them. I mean, he let them search his antique, his truck. You know, he called and reported the the woman missing that he had killed. Yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty clever, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just, I mean, he had balls. Yeah, he was pretty brazen. And it was like um, they even were talking about how they hoped for him to get sloppy because they were comparing him with uh, Ted Bundy saying Ted Bundy had gotten away with things for a long time till he went on a, a killing frenzy spree yes. when he went to Florida. So, yeah. And he, he just kidnapped the wrong woman. Right. Because, you know, I don't think he was trying to kill her, right? He was supposedly going to take her and leave her alive at this place or whatever. But all mutilated. And- oh, yeah. Like you want a zombie? Yeah, he I'll wants give you a zombie. Here's my zombie, you know. <laughs> yeah, for for a change, he didn't want to uh, kill her, but he, you know, he might as well have because, like I said, she's pretty much ruined for life. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. But I said, but then you know, sometimes these things do uh, come out differently. They expect these people to be weaker than they think they are, and it was Jill, just um, Dana's strength of will and, and final push that you know, helped her keep from being left there. And that- look at look at how I would say Tammy Hogue's level of writing, because we don't know Dana except as the news anchor. Right. And yet she becomes such a focal character there in the end. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you know her. Right. And and then I thought about it after I'm like, but well, she's not even been a character. She's not even been- <laughs> Like, she's just been mentioned, and, you know, she's been on the news and everything. But we don't know her. We've never been in her point of view. No. But yet, at the end, we get into her point of view just for, like, a scene. Yeah. And it's like, boom, it's like you've known her all along. Right. So I just, I I have to commend, you know, the Tammy Hogue on just being, you know, Sandra Brown needs to take some lessons from <laughs> Yes. You know, and they're trying to write these these you know romantic suspense and these crime thrillers. They it's you can tell the difference between someone who knows how to do it and someone who's trying to do it. Yeah, 
you know, she's the Tammy Hogue. She's written quite a few books, but she's, you know, really polished her craft to a point where you can see why she has a lot of fans because the, the as you say, that the things work, the plots work together, and the the development of the characters and the situation is just enough and not too much. Exactly, and it, it's very authentic. The only thing that I didn't find to be authentic this this instrument wasn't out of tune enough to ruin the orchestra. To ruin the symphony, but I just feel like it's not. It wasn't realistic that that someone as competent as Kovac would have taken the spotlight off the mom so quickly. Yeah, for so long, you know, and kind of just went and assumed she wasn't somebody they needed to pursue more. That's the only thing I didn't feel rang true. Yeah, well, but like I said, and that's still probably a little bit of a plot device. A little bit, you have yeah. to have a little bit of. <laughs> Right. But yeah, other than that, that you could, you know, feel that each thing was authentic and added to the plot and added to the suspense. And looking back, you think, oh, yeah, it's, you figured out. But looking back, you think, oh, yeah, all the clues were there. I just you just have to be able to you know, look closely and see them. But you don't want to have everything revealed too soon or, or then it's no fun. There's, you, you need to have a few twists and surprises at the end. Right, right. And this one definitely um, did that because, you know, when it revealed, at one time I thought the way it was ending, like we weren't going to get a full blow by blow of how Penny died. I thought it was going to end with just, oh, they, you know, Julia and Michael get arrested and we weren't going to find out how they did it. So yeah. when it did flip to, to, you know, when they were arrested and we, we go back to that night, I thought, okay, good. We're going to find out what happened. <laughs> I gave it an A. Give it an A minus. Yeah. And that's a good thing because we, um, there's, it's hard to find a really excellent book these days. You know, there's a lot of good ones out there, but to have ones that just really grab you and, mm-hmm. and, and you can keep on reading and don't feel like you have to put it aside for a while. Yeah. It was one of my um, favorite books, I would say, but. Close to one of my favorite books this month. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, we are starting our discussion with the rest of the group online today. Um, and I don't know if we've heard, I think a lot of people are still reading it. Right. So I'm not sure how everybody else is taking it. I think Allie said she gave it a B. But yeah, we're just going to start the discussion today and see what everyone else thought. But I really, you know, as far as like who done it, I really, um, I was suspecting Michael, the therapist, for a while. I never really thought it was the serial killer guy. I thought it ha- this is going to be turn out to be somebody else, you know. And then I had the mom always, you know, <laughs> in the in the fringe of my mind like, but then I'm thinking what kept me from really nailing it on her was the acid, the disfiguring. I know. I just thought, you know, that was just kind of, I couldn't reconcile that. Like how, why would she pour acid on her daughter's face? Right. But then when they explained that she didn't it was Michael because he was trying to cover it up. Yeah. Oh my so, God. I said, yeah, both of them, you just think they're just, they're monsters. That's father is too. They're yeah, all- and he justified it by saying, oh, you know, that was an accident, but you can't kill Brittany because that's just murder. Right. What? <laughs> You're a freak? Yeah. He was sort of rationalizing things, huh? Oh my God. Yeah, but, uh, this guy's nuts. 
yeah, I don't think they could have gotten away. That would have done them in for sure if they'd killed Brittany because Kyle and these other people knew she was going over to the house. And when she didn't come home, oh, well, she went over to, you know, uh, Penny's house to talk to her, you know, her mom and give her some things back. So Yeah, but she was already setting up an, uh, an answer to that by saying, oh, she they never saw her. Yeah. Like, we well, went out, we didn't see her. Well, I don't think that would have held too well after these other suspicious things, you know, with the death of her daughter. So yeah. I think that was, if it, I don't think they would have gotten away with it. I think that would have opened up a whole new can of worms, so to speak. So here's my, here's a good question that I'm just thinking of. Where were they going? So were they basically supposedly in Penny's car and Penny had been put in the trunk and they were trying to take the body to go dispose of it? And then Penny was still alive, so she got out of the trunk somehow? That's what I thought. Yeah, the thing bounced. They were talking about those horrible potholes. Right. And that, you know, it, the trunk wouldn't have been caught all the way, which is, you know, it can happen. But I, I don't know. I just wondered whether after they were talking about that, they found when the um, ME did the report, if she already had, had not only the acid on her face, but that she was still alive and had um, inhaled it because they were saying her lungs were, you know, mushy. She was still breathing. Yes, but how could she could still be breathing or still alive? But either way, it was just horrible, you know. The, but he didn't know. Michael didn't know she was still alive when right. he reported. He thought she was already dead. Right. Those two, ugh. Because she did pop out of the trunk like that. Maybe it did appear, appear she was still alive. But I just, I don't know. that it, It's not really important in the, other, in the long run because whether she died from the acid or died from being run over, she was, you know, after the acid thing, she was as good as dead, unfortunately, because of um, the, the damage what yeah. the damage it had done to her. Yeah, and I have to say, too, you know, we go into her autopsy and there's some kind of gross stuff described, but I never felt like it was gratuitous in any I, way. Like, whenever it was being described, it was appropriate, it was gross. Right. But, but it wasn't done for shock value. Like when I, I tried to read Karen Slaughter and I feel like that was just, you know, that's what she does. It's just, you know, <laughs> shock value. As you said before, it was just authentic. It went along mm -hmm. with the case and they were just trying to find out what had, what was the exact cause of death. Like I said, it grabbed you from the beginning because when you're reading this thing, you know, about the partiers and then like I said and then this body pops out of the thing that grabbed you right away you go whoa I wasn't yeah. expecting that exactly. <laughs> you know? besides the crime and everything I was impressed how she uh, and she had some things in the back of the book how she really kind of delved into this um, ongoing issues of bullying I was suspecting Aaron yeah the other kid in the school Aaron and Christina uh -huh. For a while, I wondered if they had done it to her. Yeah. When they were, you know, they found the video, the surveillance of them at that place. I forget the name of the place that she was seen and she and Christina got into it. And she told Christina, oh, I screwed your dad or whatever. And Christina yeah. attacked her. So I thought more it was leaning towards that and it was going to end up being, you know, kids on kids crime. Right. But then I kept coming back to the mother. Like, why is she injured? This is just too much of a coincidence that her hand's in the sling. And then I was even thinking maybe she's faking it maybe she's not really injured because every time she was in a scene she you know they of course talked about her arm in the sling right so i was thinking i wonder if she's faking it for some reason because why else is she injured it's too much of a coincidence yeah so i think that was a good job right the writing right it was like I said a good crime story but at the same time it looked at these other 
issues on different levels with the kids involved in the whole situation. bullying, yeah. And Kyle, um, Liska's son, he got on my nerves because I was like, why can't you leave this girl alone? You know? <laughs> but I'm like, he's a 15-year-old boy, so that's what they do, you know? <laughs> she keeps telling you, leave me alone, and you won't leave her alone. Right. Well, they get obsessed at all. Yeah, but. like, see, you're causing trouble. Like, the day when she left the, the assembly, she's walking and he's running after her. I'm like, and then Aaron comes up and Christina, and I'm like, see how kids just get themselves into trouble? Right. Take your ass home. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Mary had picked it. Cause sometimes there's these books, these little gems that you miss if you don't you know, have somebody else to bring it to your attention. So, yeah, so here's another question. Have you read any of the other books in this series? Because I, I think this is book four. Yeah, I don't think so, no, because people are talking about the other books. I know I've read other books by her, but I'd have to look back and on Goodreads or, you know, my older um, reading journals, because I know I've read other stuff by her. I think I would have remembered more uh, about the two detectives mm -hmm. but this this one it, i know some of the members were worried about reading a series book when mm -hmm. it wasn't the first one but i think it held up really well by itself oh absolutely it's just it can be read as a standalone right so the, and, and that's the thing sometimes it's nice to you know i like series sometimes too because you feel the more you go along the more you get to know the character and they become like an old friend that you haven't seen in a while you know just as long as they keep it fresh and it doesn't get stale so mm -hmm. you know i don't I probably will go back and read some of these other books eventually, but if this is all I'd ever read, I, I wouldn't be disappointed. I, she, the author told you enough information to make it easy to read the story and to feel you weren't lost or anything. Yeah, absolutely. The characters were very layered, and you got a sense of their relationship. I loved, I have to say that too, I love the, the humor. There were some like laugh-out-loud moments like in their dialogue and yeah. you know, their banter with each other. They have these funny one-liners and I would just pop out laughing. <laughs> I should I should have copied uh, some of them now. Yeah. They would have been good for crazy or, or memorable lines because lines, yeah. they had something. I shouldn't be laughing. This <laughs> but it's <laughs> funny. But this is funny. You know, you think that but these poor cops, they have to joke around at times because otherwise things just get too horrible and, and serious and yeah, they'd probably slit their wrists if they didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. police, you know, they either become alcoholics mm -hmm. or a lot of them, you know, end up committing suicide later mm -hmm. on. So it, it's it's a tough job. I mean, I know they've had a, bad, a lot of bad PR in recent times, but for the most part, you, people don't, I think, appreciate what a horrible job and how tough it is. I guess, I don't know if it's because she did such a good job in making this like a standalone, but uh -huh. I don't really feel the need to go back and read the the previous three books. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like I'm caught up. <laughs> and well, I think I might have read the first book. I know I read a book by Tammy Hogan. I think it was uh, Ashes to Ashes or Dust to Dust, one of them, um, a so. long time ago. Now I feel like I will read the next one. I know the next one is coming out and I forget the name of it. It's either coming out later this year or early next year. Yeah. The next um, Kovac and Liska book. Okay. Um, and I am going to read that. 
Well, yeah, and then you're right. Maybe it would be better if I could just, you know, keep keep on top of this one because, like you said, maybe it would be kind of boring to go back and say, oh, yeah, I already knew that, you know. Yeah, or I don't know. I think, you know, she probably has different, um, you know, the murder mystery is different. Right. But, but the characters, you're, you kind of know where they, that they, they've developed this relationship and right. now they're at this point and I want to continue following them. Like, you can see Kovac has issues right. being single and, and, you know, I'd like to follow follow his where he goes and definitely with Liska because she seems to have made the decision that she's leaving this because she needs to be with her kids more yeah because her son was you know injured and she didn't know it for two days or whatever (laughs) he'd been beaten up and she's like no you know I love this but I gotta I love my kids more it's a tough decision so yeah I'll read the next one well probably I'll do that too because like I said there's just too many books to read I know (laughs) So it's hard to bounce backwards unless there's something different in the story that maybe you missed or some other characters you missed. Alrighty. So that is our discussion of The Ninth Girl by Tammy Hogue. We definitely want to hear from you if you have read this book or you've read the series. Um, Tell us what you think. Thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be discussing a book called Sweet Misfortune by Kevin Allen Milney. See you next time. Bye. Bye.